James Harden and Joel Embiid are the best duo in the NBA as put on full display over the weekend and two wild wins for the Sixers. Also, Doc Rivers made some interesting comments last night regarding the future lineup changes. We'll break down all of it and more here on Philly Take with RB. What is going on, everyone? RB here. Welcome into the show. As always, you know what to do. Hit that like button if you enjoy this content. Subscribe by hitting that red button down below. Hit that bell so you don't miss any of the upcoming coverage. We're breaking it down every single day for Sixers fans. And also, we have been live every single Sixers game, both on YouTube, as always, and on Playback TV, which is actually an app where you can sync up the game in real time with my commentary you know, we give you the live commentary, the live breakdown, live analysis, so be sure to check that out. It has been a lot of fun, but I have to tell you all, today I am almost exhausted, man. I mean, my voice is gone the last two games, the last two days. Sixers starting off a West Coast trip, you know, in Utah and then in L.A., winning both games on the road by one point, coming down to the last play. It has been a lot of fun, but man, what a weekend for the Sixers. They now sit at 27-16. and 16. After taking down the Lakers, we're going to talk about that game. We're going to review some film, break down some things I need to talk about. We're going to discuss the James Harden, Joel Embiid conversation, Doc Rivers comments, a whole lot here on today's show. So probably an extended episode, but hey, we do the content for the fans. So welcome on in. And we need to start off today with an official NBA report because all day I've been seeing people talk about this last play and they're saying oh Russell Westbrook got fouled well let me tell you something right here NBA Central puts it on Twitter according to the official report they say Russell Westbrook was not fouled by Joel Embiid on the final possession quote Embiid slightly extends his arm before retracting it and marginal arm contact occurs with Westbrook during the driving shot attempt really what happened was I am in disbelief because Westbrook choked that's what he did that's what he did he came down the floor for some reason, Darvin Ham didn't call a timeout. Russell Westbrook didn't dish it off to LeBron, who was absolutely a freight train all night. And instead, Russell Westbrook tried to be the hero, and he was the loser of the game. I mean, it sucks because he had a good game, but it all went for naught because Russell Westbrook screwed it up in the last possession. And it's funny because Darvin Ham came out after the game and said, well, I'll take Russell Westbrook on an ISO every day of the week and twice on Sunday against Joel Embiid. Well, I guess that's why the Lakers keep losing games. And I guess that's why uh, Darvin Ham will take a loss every day of the week and twice on Sunday. But nonetheless, I rest my case. The Sixers get it done, and I'm very happy about it. I, I still can't believe he did not pass that ball off. But we need to get into the real reason you are all here, and that is the James Harden, Joel Embiid thing. I haven't done a video you know, like this. We do a lot of uh, news and rumors and debates and stuff. There's just so much jam-packed right now, and the season is a grind. So I haven't really had the chance to talk about just this team in general right now. And that's why I'm excited for this, because there is a lot to say about Harden and Embiid. I'm telling you, there is a discussion we need to have today, and, and we will go on here and, and discuss that. But some of the things I say might surprise people. Maybe not. Maybe you agree. Would love to know your thoughts down below. But before we get into all of the mix, shout out to the sponsor of today's show, Manscaped is a leading provider of below-the-waist men's grooming products, and it is a new year and a new you, right? What is your New Year's resolution? What's everybody's number one New Year's resolution? Get healthy, go to the gym. Well, when you're getting healthy at the gym, 
You're busting a sweat. You're getting all sloppy there, right? Guess what you need to do after? You need to make sure you're on top-tier hygiene. You need to take care of yourself, keep yourself well-groomed, and keep yourself smelling nice. And that's where Manscaped comes into play. Obviously, their best-selling performance package 4.0 with my personal favorite, the Lawnmower 4.0 with a cutting-edge ceramic blade, skin-safe technology, and an LED flashlight to make sure you can groom yourself comfortably. Also, the Weed Whacker, the Crop Preserver, and the Crop Reviver. But in addition to that, they have now stepped it up to the Platinum Package 4.0, which includes these beautiful products right here, the Body Wash. You have the 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner, the Deodorant. They are just killing it with all of these new products. And also, on a side note, one of my personal favorites that Manscaped actually sent to me was uh, this preserve cologne. Oh my guys, you want to smell good for your lady? You definitely need to check it out. Manscaped is on top of the game and, uh, you know, they're trying to keep you in shape in terms of your hygiene for the new year. And, uh, it's definitely something you want to take to the next level. So Manscaped has you covered with all these products and more go down to the description, click the link and use promo code Philly, take it 20% off and free shipping on any item manscaped.com. All right, Sixer nation, let's get into it. We start off with a couple key stats to just show how dominant James Harden has been because James Harden is back, and I don't want to sit up here and gloat for the next 20 minutes, but I told you all, a lot of Sixers fans told you all, and I feel like this is not being pressed enough in the media airspace, okay? James Harden is back. He's back. Like, he's actually back. James Harden right now is playing like a top-tier all-star. James Harden needed an offseason to get healthy, and I continued to sit up here and press that, and that's what he did, and he looks good. He's beating guys off the dribble. His vision is crazy, but nonetheless, he's just the perfect glue piece for this team. James Harden is the point guard that Joel Embiid never had but needed. You know, it's it's the, the trials and tribulations that this franchise went through to try to get a point guard. James Harden is that guy. Sixer Stats puts it up here. Uh, James Harden with 21 and 11 last night has a six straight game with at least 10 and 10 longest streak ever by a Sixers player. He's now tied with Tyrese Halliburton for the longest such streak in the NBA this season. And James Harden and Joel Embiid lead the NBA as a passer to score duo in terms of the statistics connecting on 114 buckets so far this season per PBP stats. This comes from Sam Giovanni on Twitter. So when I say James Harden and Joel Embiid are the best two in the NBA, uh, the stats prove it, right? All these uh, media people want to go and use their stats to back up MVP cases and this and that. Why aren't they talking about this? James Harden and Joel Embiid are the best duo in the NBA. Like I said, it is the pairing that the Sixers fans always needed. And right now, it has been absolutely lethal. And James Harden, according to Aiden Laporta here on Twitter, now has 100 career games with 30-plus points and 10-plus assists. He's the only player in NBA history to do this. This is why I knew James Harden was going to come back this season. He's motivated, obviously, as we've talked about millions of times. There's mutual benefit with the Sixers playing well, doing good, getting past that hump, but also James Harden betting on himself, wanting a longer contract. It just all made sense. But this Harden, this efficient Harden that we've been seeing is scary for the league. He can play till he's 40 if he's playing like this. I'm telling you right now. I mean, it, we're, we're taking some of these little things for granted, but James Harden is just, I just can't believe what I'm seeing for a player in a Sixers uniform. I mean, these behind-the-back one bouncers that he does so naturally, 
The Sixers have never had a point guard like this. They have never had a guy able to do these things. And he's just seeing the entire floor. It has been absolutely beautiful. And uh, how about Joel Embiid? Back-to-back nights. It's a go-ahead bucket and game-sealing defense last night on the last possession against Russell Westbrook in an ISO situation. Uh, It's time to talk about his MVP case. They're not going to give it to him, but nonetheless, Embiid continues to get better, continues to improve. And I'm really happy with what I'm seeing. And I love how the identity of the team is coming together. That's the number one thing we've been talking about all season. We have finally established it. It is here. And we're going to break it down more. And to do so, I want to go back to this game last night. The Sixers beat the Lakers 113 to 112. And Joel Embiid, 35, Harden with 24. I mean, you can look at the stats. 11 rebounds for Embiid, 13 assists for Harden. It feels like Harden's averaging 15 assists per game, which is nuts almost getting a triple-double every time out. But Embiid and Harden with 59 59 combined points last night and the night before. By the way, back-to-back, not easy, tired, late, on the West Coast, time difference, all that stuff. And James Harden and Joel Embiid, the first game, 61 combined. Then you have contributions from Tyrese Maxey, who we're going to talk about more, 21 points against the Jazz. Maxey comes off the bench last night, 16 points. Tobias has been cold the last couple weeks. He steps up, gives you 15 last night. Melton has been cold. He needs to pick it up. Same with Tucker. But, I mean, it doesn't matter because this duo is so lethal. And I want to go and look at a couple plays because religiously, I have sat here and I've said that if Joel Embiid and James Harden utilize the two-man game late in ball games, especially come playoff time, this team is going to be unstoppable. And what I've seen from James Harden the last two games, he has turned into vintage Harden. We're getting a hint of that in the fourth quarter. And that gives me as a Sixers fan so much hope for the playoffs because Joel has never had the guy to take that burden off his shoulders. And if James Harden and Joel can play like this together, now they're fitting, right? Now they're fitting perfectly. If they can mesh like this, especially in a playoff series, they're going to be hard to beat. But what did the Sixers do last night? It was neck and neck all game coming down to the fourth quarter. They spammed the pick and roll. They spammed the two-man game the last four possessions other than the final possession where for some reason, I don't know why, Joel Embiid held onto the ball. But before that, the Sixers needed crucial buckets and they did the same thing over and over and over. And it's the same play I keep breaking down, but I'm going to show you again how dominant it is. Here is example number one. So let's pause this real quick. 345 to go. 104 to 103, one point game. Joel going to set the screen on Russ. Harden comes around and boom, instantly you are in a tough situation as the defender. Wenyan Gabriel is now stuck. Russ tried to go over. What does Gabriel do? Does he stay back and let Harden get that little floater? Now Harden's dr- uh, dribble driving past people. He's just beating guys off the, uh, you know, right off the rip. And Joel Embiid is obviously so dominant in every way. So what does Gabriel do? He doesn't have a choice. He's going to stay in the middle. He gets confused, gives it to Joel, one pump. Joel says, I got this. Boom, right from the elbow. It is unstoppable. It is unstoppable. Let's go to play number two. Let's go to play number two and and see what happens. So 132 to go. Now the Lakers are up by one. Same situation. Joel sets the screen. Russ tries to go over. And that little second of hesitation. And look how great of a facilitator James Harden is. This is what I'm talking about. You see how he's half-eyeing Joel Embiid? He knows he's going to give him the ball. But James Harden, as a facilitator, knows that he needs to not 
completely shift his eyes over to keep Gabriel stuck in his spot. And Gabriel's already on the back pedal, so he's in mud already. And Joel's going to roll. And we've never had a point guard that can do this with Joel. And again, this little one bouncer threads the defense. It ma- he makes it look so easy. Not a lot of point guards can do this. And look, he puts it right where it's supposed to be. He leads him right where it's supposed to be. Joel wasn't even cutting yet. James is already 10 steps ahead. And he finds Joel. And this is one of the biggest things as well. Joel would not have done this in years prior. He trusts his teammates. George Niang in the game. By the way, Doc Rivers actually made some key adjustments yesterday, which we'll talk about more in a second. But Joel, as the second defender crashes, says, okay, I'm going to be a facilitator as well. And I'm going to find George Niang in the corner. One second, bang. And here's play number three to seal the deal. I mean, it's it's just poetic. It's That mid-range pick and roll game cannot be stopped. 48 seconds to go. Sixers up by two. Joel sets the screen. Once again, Russ goes over. Don't know why they kept making the same mistake. Then again, they don't have a choice. Harden, one bouncer, finds him in space. And it's way too easy seal the deal. This is what I mean when I talk about the two-man game all the time and how lethal it can be. You don't have a choice. Maybe the best of the best defenders will stop it once in a while, but that play should be ran over and over and over again late in games. It's too deadly in my eyes. And uh, going back to Doc Rivers, you know, he made some key adjustments. The biggest one is bringing Tyrese Maxey off the bench. I would love to know what Sixer Nation thinks about that. It's been a huge topic for a long time. Now, I will say, late in the game, I was really happy that Doc Rivers kept Tyrese Maxey in with the starters. He actually kept Niang in as well because Tucker and Melton were playing awful, and that's a great situational adjustment by Doc Rivers. Now, he did play a little iteration of the death lineup early in the fourth quarter, which I didn't like. Kept him beat out until five minutes, so those are things you have to work on and tweak. And there have been a little bit of questionable things, right? Like playing Matisse Thibel 10 minutes last night when the Sixers are 10-0 and when he plays over 20 minutes. Still some things I, I'm just lost at this point. I don't even question them anymore. But there were some positives last night. And in terms of Tyrese Maxey, Doc finally made the move. And it was heavily speculated upon. But here's actually what happened, according to Gina Mazzell. And this was said from Doc Rivers in the postgame press conference. Tyrese Maxey's move to the Sixers bench was part of a broader and non-traditional plan to use multiple starting lines moving forward. But it began with a text from Maxie to Doc Rivers, quote, sometimes you have to be the bigger person. I can't even stress how impressed I am with Tyrese Maxie this young, obviously, you know, looking for a contract, which he will eventually get. But man, this kid is so mature. He's just everything about Philadelphia, whatever, everything of what Philadelphia embodies and represents. He's just incredible, man. He texted Doc Rivers asking to come off the bench because he realized what all Sixers fans are realizing right now. Melton was killing it in the starting lineup and for Maxi to, you know, get as many touches as he can and be optimized the best way possible. Maybe you have to try something else. So Tyrese Maxi is ahead of Doc Rivers in that category. And he said, bring me off the bench. Doc did that. And look at the stat sheet from last night. Tyrese Maxi got what? 13 touches off the bench. And, and maybe this is the way to go moving forward, but maybe not. Melton needs to step it up, et cetera. So this will be uh, something to keep your eye on moving forward. Now, the one thing I will say is it hints here, going to Doc Rivers, this I'm not happy with. There are things I'm happy with that I'm seeing from Doc evolving. Obviously, so, still some question marks. But to me, this makes absolutely no sense. 
Doc Rivers said that going forward for the near future, there is going to be three different starting lineups, three iterations that will change based on matchup. To me, this is a complete momentum killer. I am not a fan whatsoever. Uh, Yes, you want to kind of match guys based on the team, but three different starting lineups. So you're telling me a guy may start and play a certain amount of minutes, and then the next night he's not going to be in in the mix, right? He's going to lose that momentum. That is the problem I have with guys like Thibel, right? They don't get that consistent run, and it kills their mindset. I just think this is a really bad idea, and I, I am not a fan of it. I am not a fan of it whatsoever. I cannot believe that this is what the Sixers are going to try. I, I don't know how it's going to work. What what will the lineups be? Will it be Maxi in one of them melting off the bench? Will it be Tucker coming off the bench? Will it be Tobias? I mean, who will it be? Who will it be? I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see. But right now, what the Sixers are doing is working. They're 11 games above 500, and they have the recipe. The recipe is let Joel and James dominate. If that takes Maxi coming off the bench, getting 13 to 15 touches, I'm fine with it. He still played a good amount of minutes last night, and that's the most important part. He played 33 minutes off of the bench, and he was in you know, with this, the final five, which I'm happy about. Bring Tucker off the bench, fine. I don't know what it's going to take. Maybe it'll be a three-guard lineup, which the Sixers have been experimenting with, but overall, I think it's a very interesting comment. Now, at the end of the day, I think the Sixers have found uh, their identity, which I just talked about with the two-man game. I think it's lethal, but we're going to be doing a lot of trade deadline coverage as we come here in, you know, in the next few weeks and trade deadline coming up. Sixers don't have a lot of flexibility. There was a report going around a couple days ago that I did not get to where apparently the Sixers are looking to move Furkan's contract, maybe Jaden Springer clear some space because right now they're heavily restricted. What I'm seeing, though, from the Sixers, because let's be honest, they should have blown out the Jazz. They should have blown out the Lakers. Both teams were missing key pieces. They did not. What I'm noticing from the Sixers, the biggest issue is that we do not have an athletic rebounder. And obviously, we've known this, but it is glaring right now. The Sixers are getting horsed. Seems like Joel Embiid, uh, you know, just is not into that part of the game. It just seems like nobody is making that you know, concerted effort to say, okay, I'm going to go out there and grab 12 boards tonight. And, you know, you look at Tobias as a natural four. He's not that guy. You look at other people, like the only guy I see that has that dog is Montrez Harrell. You look at everybody else, I'm not seeing it. So whether you get a wing that can rebound or an athletic four, but they have to be able to keep themselves on the floor shooting wise. I actually wish it could be Matisse Thibel, but he just doesn't get enough minutes, which again is very perplexing to me. Uh, Paul Reed, Yes, could be that guy. He could be that spark plug, but he can't shoot the ball. So, and Doc Rivers, you know, kind of seems to be out on him. So I don't know. I don't know. That's going to be the biggest area of concern for me. We will address it more in the coming weeks, but just wanted to put everything together because what a stretch it was for the Sixers. Two big wins on the road. Most importantly, this team is learning how to win games. And I think that will serve well coming down at the end of the season, but they need to stay healthy. They need to continue on this stretch and continue to build on it. We'll see if they will. Appreciate everyone for tuning in. As always, be sure to hit that like button, comment down below all your thoughts, and subscribe. And with that being said, I will catch you all in the next one. Peace.